When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And the cousin's liking him. Little cold John was just giving his take on uh, cold open. Go ahead. Keep going, John. Yeah. You know, I, I put on my cowboy hat in solidarity with the Cowboys, uh, rooting for Jerry squad, Dak Prescott, who is, uh, we'll get into the MVP discussion as well as, uh, yeah. I mean, what a, what a season, what, what a great time in the NFL. I mean, you got the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys, like you just can't this, you know, honestly, the Packers are throwing their hat back in the ring. Like this is, this is why the NFL prints, Prince Cash. I saw our, our buddy Ethan sent me a little screenshot of uh, last week the Pac-12 rating on Friday night. I, th- I think is uh, I mean it's the biggest Pac-12 championship game right of the era, right? Uh, in terms of importance, did almost ten million people. Which I are you about to make a Big Ten? Are you about to compare it to the Big Ten champ game? No, I, I didn't even oh. see it. My, my point is relative, and I'm not. I, people probably think I was always shit on the NBA. Well, it's just always like a BP basketball. Those NBA <laughs> games that night. You know, you know, with the biggest brands, it was like Suns, Lakers, and one other, I think, Celtics, Sixers. Neither of them sniffed 1.5, 1.5 million. So the Pac-12 game, Washington, Kalen Dubor, Lanning, and the crew yeah. uh, were doing 10 million. And those games, like, I, I don't know if you saw on the timeline last night, but I just... I was not on the timeline last night. Trevor Lawrence and those guys. So I just, you know, looked on Twitter. You would have thought that Michael Jordan was playing Magic Johnson and Adam Silver has just built the greatest thing of all time. And it's like, it can't, like this in-season tournament is a huge hit. Yeah. Well, it's like we're celebrating guys caring about regular season games. That's right. But the same amount of people that have been watching NBA games, which is going the wrong way, is still watching. It's not successful. The whole point was to get more people to watch. That's the whole point of this. Right, people are already going to the game. They don't count or the million people watching. But if 13, 15 million people watch Jake Browning against the Jags, like what are we even talking? Like the college football argument, it is crazy how eye-opening the college football numbers are. It it has to be a historic year. And I also I had think, a take: yeah. is the is the is the because like the Florida State game on Saturday night doubled from last year. Now, I would say over the last several years with Clemson, the ACC championship game has been completely irrelevant, but still like almost like 8 million people watched, but there was a lot on the line. It's like, what was, everyone was kind of paying attention. I bet if you're all the SEC people, you're like, what is this team going to look like because of the implications? Well, now with 12 team, that game wouldn't have mattered because even if Florida state would have lost and been 12 and one, they'd still get to the playoff as like an 11 seed. So it's like, I, I do wonder if the impact on the importance of every game, college football is still going to dominate as the number two sport in America. But I wonder if the uh, importance, the true relevancy of the game, 
will have the same juice next year with like, oh, yeah, Florida State's in no matter what. Right. I think the ratings, that big ratings weekend will shift from championship weekend, because you're right, to the weekend before where being in the top 12 is really going to matter, right? Uh, who did Missouri play uh, Thanksgiving weekend, John? I don't know. I don't either. But I know right now they're a top 12 team. Like, so I know their game that weekend would have really mattered, right? Arizona, Arizona State, Arizona on the verge of being a top 12 team. Like that that rivalry game, ASU, with nothing to play for except to beat their rival. But you're going to get games where, oh, my God, we could knock them out of the 12-team playoff. So LSU, I think, LSU played like AM, they were like 13th, right? Yeah. So I think I think like you're gonna look at the end of the year next year and you go, oh, maybe, maybe ACC champ ratings are down. But uh uh first of all, fewer one fewer championship game next championship weekend, uh, because no pack 12. Um, but but I think like you I on the balance, I think the ratings will be up. And I hate the argument because I personally have always loved it. It sounds like you do too, the individual like how Every week in college football is basically win or die. Um, but I also get like, I think the big picture, there will be more games that matter down the stretch. Um, and and well, so it, it will result in more ratings. Well, let's use the Oregon-Washington game as an example. Both those teams would have been in, win or lose, right, in that right. game. Right. But you would be like, well, Washington's playing for the top two or three seed, right, and a bye, and Oregon with a convincing win probably getting a top seed too. Home so games. that game still still would have huge impl- you know, it would still be very relevant. Same Georgia-Alabama, yeah. right? Alabama's playing for the bye, right? So that, and and home, we're talking about home games too, John. Think about how much home games are going to matter in the first round of the of the 12-team playoff. Is the SEC going – to the uh, Pac-12 and Big 12 model of just two best teams next year? Do you know? Are they splitting divisions? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they have. I guess they would probably have to because we're Texas and Oklahoma. That I guess they have talked about the pods. Remember yeah, that? that's right. The, I mean, they were talking about 20-team league. Uh, the Big 12, right? I mean, these are huge leagues. So, uh, yeah, How many teams? SEC's 20-team league? I think SEC's 16, going to be 18. I think, I think SEC's going to be 18. And the Big Ten is now what? The Big Ten is now 16, I believe. Could be wrong about that. I mean, it's around, you know, it's those types they're, of numbers. They're no longer the Big Ten, but it's just such an easy thing to say. You're not going to change the name. Don't change it. That's right. Uh, just because the number of teams doesn't fit in your name doesn't mean you don't wear the name. Just like just because the hat doesn't fit on the screen doesn't mean you don't wear the hat. For those of you listening to the pod, John is uh, he, I, John just looks like he's you just dying to hold open a door and say, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> it's which is just probably one of the best parts of wearing a cowboy hat is just saying, ma'am. How about them cowboys? How about them cowboys? Uh, we are brought to you by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, numero uno, Donna, uh, John. I've got a Tito's toast to the, you knew this was coming, the Jaguars training staff who went to the Raiders school of how to awkwardly handle a franchise quarterback. I was not watching when it happened. I was not able to watch the game on them. Um, Monday night, I got several texts from like non, just to your point on ratings, from dudes who are like basketball guys that just said, do you see what they're doing with Trevor Lawrence right now? To the point that I had to go look and figure out what, what were they doing with Trevor Lawrence. And uh, still nothing funnier than putting a hurt guy in the front of a cart like the Raiders did with Derek Carr, but making Saints that did walk it, Saints, all the way Saints, Saints did it too. Saints did it too. Maybe yeah, Derek ma- just likes the front. <laughs> making the guy walk to the locker room is, uh, so that's my Tito's toast, John. Yeah, and I do think the uh, you know the, the low hanging fruit is, is simply 
you know, I, I would say per capita, the two states in America that have the most golf carts per people would be where I'm sitting right now, uh, which is the West Coast Golf Mecca, and then Florida, which is obviously the East Coast Golf Mecca. Peach and- Tree City, Georgia, I think is the golf cart capital of the world. They have miles of golf cart trails, like with Davis, California is to bikes. They are to golf carts and kids can drive their golf carts. To not like I, I think it's easy to crush the training staff. I, I, I saw Coward went on a rant. I, I think it reflects the the ownership to not yeah. like what you know what are we doing? And it, it, the part if you weren't watching it live, it's mm-hmm. hard to quite understand. It's one thing to carry him off. He slams his helmet. He's pretty mad. Yeah, he, he kind of got up on a knee. Maybe he the walk from the sideline to wherever the Jags locker room was felt like a seven mile hike because like five minutes later they go back now part of it is walking really slow but it was in like the back of the confines under the stadium and they're just walking walk is like where is this locker room maybe they were taking him to the x-ray room I, I don't know uh luckily it turns out and you never know that it looked really bad mm-hmm. little basketball this happens a lot in the NBA where you're like oh, that guy's career's over and yeah. then the next game he's in the starting lineup yeah, I saw Doug Peterson say today that just an ankle sprain. He's st- we're not ruling him out yet, so it might have been a because it, it didn't look like the it looked like he ripped his knee. Right, Walker Little who fell on him didn't come back either. Like it was just collateral damage. He was just out. And even Joe Buck kept saying like I, Walker Little didn't limp off the field, but he's on the sideline with his helmet off. So it was a bad play for the Jacks that ended up losing the game. I mean that's part of it. They lost the game. Quarterback injured. The fucking Texans just won. There's a one-game difference. They still play each other. How about Jake Browning, pride of Folsom High School? I mean, is that the best game he's ever played in his life? 32 of 37 in the NFL on Monday Night Football? I saw him play a state championship game against De La Salle. He was better against the Jags than he was against De La Salle that day. I can tell you that. Do you follow Joe Davidson on Twitter? I do. Sacramento B. He tweeted last night a picture, because obviously he knows Troy Taylor well, who tweeted a picture, or not, he tweeted out the picture, but he texted, Troy Taylor did, to Davidson. Obviously, you know, just blue-collar couple coach yep. and, a, and a beat reporter, you know, for high school sports in Sac State, of him and his son at the game rooting on Jake Browning. Oh, I mean, cool. what a cool what a cool moment. For as shitty as it was for the Jags, that had to be one of the coolest moments of Jake Browning's life. That got to be. I mean, he, you know, he played with Dante Pettis and John Ross, and those two guys combined for like 40 touchdowns that year. So they had some big games, but they didn't play well in the playoff game, right? They played in the college football playoff game. Bad, so ma- right. bad I mean, matchup. Bad matchup. Bad matchup. Uh, Tito's handmade vodka, John, a toast to everybody involved there in uh, Trevor Lawrence's recovery. Although JW on the stream says bulky praying it's an ACL. Uh, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Don so DeSandro? This... <laughs> How about his brother on the staff? Did you know his brother, DeSandro's brother on the staff? Did Not you know that, that guy there? I, I saw Howard Eskin. <laughs> Did you see his tweet about how no, they were all I'm already together? excited. Well, like he's like, th- this whole story, and I am in agreement, is so dumb. To me, it's not on Dom. It's not even on Greenlaw. It was on the referees. No one needed to be ejected. He said the whole, the stupidest part about this entire thing that everyone's making a big deal about it is after the game, underneath the tunnels, Dom, Greenlaw, and John Lynch were all having huge like laughs underneath the tunnel together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it worked out right for Greenlaw that the Niners won. 
Dom had looked for a guy who's probably pretty unshakable. Just you and I talked about this the other day. He he was not like trying to have his moment, right? He wasn't fired up about Connor Barwin giving like this big hug on the way off. I, Dom was not fired up about it. But um uh yeah, it was uh you know, you need an arrival, John, not just crazy shit that you need weird stuff, you know, yeah. and um as, it, it, as dumb it, it, as it was for the NFL, the NFL is better for it happening, right? You think about that, like the refs, like oh, we shouldn't have thrown them out. But just from like NFL bizarre, like what, what's the storyline on a Monday? There's one. Well, how I was thinking about this, like how did now it's different because they're not in the same division, but like the Red Sox and Yankees really started to go to another level when like Pedro threw Zimmer. You know, you need to have some just curveballs in it. I heard now, Grant I, compare that to this. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it was a lot different. <laughs> Just the, the similar, you know, like <laughs> visually. <laughs> if that would have, I would say that the same thing would, if it's Cowboys and Eagles, right? Cause part of it's the history, right? You know, the Niners and Eagles, this is kind of self-created the last 18 months. Like they're not a rival. They're just, I mean, currently they are, but if this would have happened to hell in the Packers game, uh, but I, I am glad it happened. I am personally like no one should get fined. No one should get in trouble. I'm with you. Florio was right and like, they need to drop the hammer. And I think he knows what he's doing, but it's like, give me a fucking break. I, 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 we, we are in agreement. We're in agreement on that. Uh, I don't need Dom on the field breaking up fights, but like he shouldn't have to, he shouldn't be banned from the sideline. Like who, who cares? I, I have a feeling he'll be on good behavior. You know, I, I I played golf yesterday with uh, Stephen Spock, who's uh, oh. Fresno State long snapper, who was here. Oh. John Stephen for- Spock won the uh, won the uh, two thousand and uh, uh, three two thousand four intramural basketball championship at Fresno State. Big motherfucker. Uh, he he's here for the Cardinals alumni weekend, and he uh, Stephen Spock made the Eagles as an undrafted free agent rookie back in like 05 or 06. I forget the exact year, but he was telling me stories. I never, when I got there, Dom was in charge, but I'd already always heard stories. Dom used to work for this guy named Butch and Butch was the longtime Dom forever. Former cop, but also intertwined, you know, Italian mob, you know, it's just, it's all intertwined back there. It's, it's not, it's very, very difficult I see a lot of people talking about it to quite under. I wouldn't understand it, and I'm I love mob movies and stuff. The culture of the city, like California, is really corrupt in the sense of like the businesses, you know, tech. They get to run everything and financially. In Philly, it's just it's hard to explain the connections with everything. Like money does buy you stuff, but it's it's just so different. And like Butch and Dom would not exist. And if that guy did exist, they would be beloved. Like this guy is kind of a cult hero in Ben for a while with the Eagles. Right. And I think he's gone to another level after this incident. But like that, the guy that plays that role. But Spock was telling me stories that Butch, some of the shit that used to happen with their players and no one would ever hear about it. uh, It just. It's like stories we used to hear with like Eddie DeBartolo and Jerry and some of those guys, or even back the Raiders in the seventies. Like this shit was happening with the Eagles. I mean, not that long ago. Uh, it's much more like, it's not really possible anymore with dash cameras and stuff. Like it's just, it's all kind of above board. Like you legitimately have to stay out of control, trouble, but I, I just, yeah, because head of security means fixer in another world. Right? Yeah. 
because this is the, the business they're in is winning football games. Like this isn't, I say this all the time when people get tossed and my issue with that is always like the moral police like this. We're not in morality here. We're about doing big ratings we're about winning and losing games and just doing it fairly. And I, I hate it when that's why I can't wait for the umpires to be phased out with the robo lumps. Like, and I understand like being a ref is difficult, right? It, it is. I'm not acting yeah. like, you know, the, the NBA has had a, you know, I mean, they literally had a guy in with the mob, but like calling a foul at full speed is not easy. But I just feel too often in basketball when guys get ejected, obviously in football, it doesn't happen as much. I hate it when they interject themselves like no one's there to see you guys. Right. You, you, you guys get to do play a pretty big role regardless. Like you don't need to throw guys out. I, I just hate that, especially in football, just because the, the game is so important just because there aren't that many of them. Also, the game is so violent, right? So a guy grazing another guy's face with a trying to smush him in the face it's not a. It's not. It's not in the top twenty-five most violent things that are going to happen in the next five plays, right? I saw one of the. This was a, a clip that went around. I don't know a week or two ago. The Nuggets were like. I think maybe they were playing in Minnesota, and Jokic got ejected from a game. And that one of the broadcasters was basically like, "Oh, great, because everybody came here to watch whatever Craig Council play, right?" And which is one hundred percent true. Like these tickets are so expensive. You should be looking for reasons to keep guys in games, not for looking, not looking for reasons to get guys it, out it's, of game. It's, it's unacceptable as a business. Yeah, it's, it's it's forget about it is bad. Forget about like accountability to the outside world. Internally, it's just bad business, right? Now, this is w- the reason I I went when you said get the robots in for the umpires. The one area where it's actually good business is umpires and 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 managers screaming at each other, or players kicking dirt and whatever. It's a lot harder to get. It used to be a lot harder to get, but they don't, you know, that part of the game, it was fun. Like you need villains, right? It it's, doesn't really, Gabe Kaffner. No, but the, game, the game got rid of that, uh, which actually in the interest of speed is good, right? It, if you good. fire, if you fire Angel Hernandez, you can uh, delay the Robo-Lumps. Oh, you want Angel out? Well, everyone, who does it? Well, just that's the thing. That's my point. It's like, like Angel Hernandez exists. People know about that guy. Very rare. You know, but to have an umpire t- that everybody I, universally I, hates like that. I, I think Angel has proven to be a terrible human being, though. Like that's there, there's so there are bad referees, and there's that. Like that's just he, that, that is. I don't know. He's historically like the worst umpire of all time. And oh, you said fire, bad when, human being. I thought maybe I'd missed a story about well, yeah, Angel well, they, well, yeah, they can't fire him because he sues him for racial discrimination. Like oh, it's, okay. his, it's like well known. You have never seen that with Angel? Well, Hannah? yeah, that sounds familiar. I, I haven't. I'm just saying, like, I he's a human being. Guy. I thought maybe there was some assault charge or what, gambling or something I didn't know about. Wouldn't shock me, but I think it's well documented that he's just a bad person and nobody likes, like Scott Foster and, and Chris Paul. Obviously, yeah. they have. What, what you know, is that about? Chris Paul said his kid. Remember? I uh, remember? Was it? I don't want to say the wrong name here, Joey Crawford, but Tim Duncan had a guy where it kind of like felt like it crossed the line. Remember? Guy yeah, tossed him out on the te- te- tossed him for laughing. Yeah. On the bench. On the yeah, on the bench. I don't know. There, there, there is no yeah, place. Joey's for the game. guy that Joey was always Stephen Vogt's favorite ref. I don't there's just no place to me in professional sports for, for Angel Hernandez. I think it was capped off this year at the end of the season. Remember Bryce Harper who got tossed yeah. for that like check swing, and that was Angel. Uh and it's just like I don't know. I just think Scott Foster's not that good, even though they claim that he always checks out to be good. So who knows? I don't understand like, why I just can have PFF for the refs. Like, let's just look and see who's the best. 
because the referees in government, man. You, you know, can be hey, up to your job and keep it. You notice who you haven't seen around this year? You've seen Jerome Boger lately? He got demoted? I don't know. I texted Dickinson today. I'm like, hey, where's Jerome Boger? He's like, I think he retired. I'm like, oh. Like, I, like there was – uh, were you watching the Chiefs game against the Packers when Valdez Scantling, they didn't have any timeouts and, like, was trying really hard to get out of bounds. There was, like, a girl ref – and she claimed that he got out of bounds and the Packers went nuts. It's like, I, I understand those are, you know, that's coin flip. I, like, I, I, I understand the argument. Of you like just don't like, over I, call. no, what you're saying is don't make, it's not, a, it's not about your feelings. No. Yeah. Eliminate that completely. It's about the fans and it's about the product. And it's about the players getting to decide the game. I agree. In fact, I would like college basketball. There's in college basketball. There's been this talk for a long time amongst like basketball people. Like, let's give the guys six fouls. Like, why why are we fouling people out of games? Which I'm in agreement, right? The counter would be, well, now they're going to foul more. But these teams have like six good players, maybe, right? It's you you, um, keep your best players on the floor. Bronny made his debut yet? No, I think think he's tracking towards coming back in January. Don't remember he had that cardiac arrest in the summer. I thought he was cleared. Cleared to practice, I think, unless you've seen something. But I, when I saw that he was cleared to practice, maybe a week or two ago, I think they were targeting like January to play. I, I did see a he- I did see a headline that LeBron told his team that whenever that whenever he does make his debut, if we're playing, I won't be at the game. <laughs> like I'll be at Bronny's game. Amazing. Which I, I I would say if he's and listen, I understand. You know, family, you're allowed to do that once the, the issue happens with the heart. Like one hundred percent. I yep. I, I might make fun of him. No heart. Like he just leaves a game to go watch his just debut against UC Davis. Totally understand. Now I will not make fun of him, despite loving. Before we dive into the 49ers, mm-hmm. the Ime Adoka against LeBron James. Yeah, uh, I think Ime Adoka. Did you see the uh, slow motion where they got the words? Mm-hmm. I think Ime Adoka symbolizes me as the consumer who was born in the eighties, who grew up on Michael and then to Kobe, just, a just, a the best players were just mean. <laughs> they would belittle, they would say things now that, you know, the, the radicals don't control Twitter anymore, but they tried to get everyone canceled. And we loved it. There was an element to the NBA and LeBron represented like, don't call me a bitch, man. Like, Adam Silver's NBA. My theory like, was he knew the audio would come out and wanted to sound like the good guy. I, I, I think that LeBron truly kind of is like this created meme of like the way he talks. Because remember, it's like, I got three kids, man. Don't talk to me like that. When Michael, do you know what Michael Jordan would have said to, to Ime Adoka? One, LeBron, it was a BP fastball. The guy just got fired for fucking someone in an organization. Like you could have just gone right back at him pretty easily. And that's what was your tactic. Honestly, it's a pretty embarrassing moment for LeBron. I, I thought just like that's. What are we? I expected a lot more. There was a softness. Yeah, I expected a lot more when the audio came out. Me too. You see the woman in the background react as if she just heard the worst thing she'd ever heard in her life. No. There's a woman right behind Adoka who's like, as they're talking, she's like, (laughs) I like I like Ime Adoka. (laughs) Uh, John, the chat is. Oh, by the way, one other note: twenty-seven million people since we're talking ratings. I saw somebody put it here, but I saw it earlier. 27 million people watched the Niner Eagle game, which it's the highest rated Sunday game this year in the NFL. So your primetime games are still your Monday nights, your, your, you know, um, 
I, I assume you're Sunday nights. Maybe that means Sunday during the day. Uh, but it's the highest rated Sunday game of the NFL season. 27. The, tur- the Turkey Day. I think the opening weekend. Oh, yeah, Thursday games. I think Thursday night opening week one does, you know, like 30, 40 million people. And that Cowboy game did 40 plus million dollar people on Thanksgiving. I would imagine the Christmas games are huge. But I, I, if you just ask me, like, what's an enormous number for a Sunday afternoon, huge CBS or huge Fox? I'd say like anything above 25 million is pretty massive, right? For a regular season game. Again, to put this in perspective, yeah, the NBA say- is struggling to get a million people to watch on their good regular season game. Big Ten, Big Ten a little disappointed with the 10 million they got for their champ game. That was down. I think it was one of their lowest rated Big Ten championship games. Well, it is uh-huh. an awful game to watch. Yeah, I mean, Iowa. But uh, uh, that's 10 times 1 million. Um, they did I just do say, 20. The, they did do 20 the week before. Yeah, they're fine. That's the point. I mean, but when you said like, what when you asked what's a big Sunday, like in my head, anything, you start getting like, the, to me in my... The biggest Niner like Saturday day games to me feel like they're generally in the 18 to 19 million range, right? I mean, that's I think that's a big number. Um, this game was the game everywhere except I think the LA market. So it was basically the whole nation had this game, which is part of what helps it get to 27 million. I wonder how many people watch Panthers, Texas, or I mean, uh, Panthers, Tampa over under five. <sighs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh, you know what? That thing probably did six million, but it would only be Maybe. on probably in those two markets, right? Yeah, I would think. And even in those markets, you're going to have a few people that are well, watching Flo- the YouTube now with Florida. YouTube TV. Yeah. So, but know, if I have YouTube TV and I don't have the package, right? I just I it's just regular. Just get, I wouldn't have the Niner game, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You'd have whatever your local game is, just. Just like any other TV provider, um, you still you still get all the local Raider games. Well, you know, John, I would hard just to tell, to, probably. Yeah, I mean, yes, I think so. Fresno, one of the local games on Sunday was the Saints game. Makes sense. Sa- Saints Lions. I don't know how national that game was, but maybe that was kind. Of, it might have actually that was Joe Davis, so it actually might have been a pretty national game. Maybe it wasn't yeah, I, a Derek I, I, Carr I, I, game. I think it was the morning Fox game. Yeah. Like the might, morning Fox. Yeah, well, you're right. It was lean national. I mean, it was, uh, I don't know if you looked around the entire slate. It was fucking terrible. I know. But this is us every week, man. It was bad. And then you look at like historic ratings for the top four games. So uh, Ty Davis price got cut. Somebody just said in the chat. Third round sure pick. About that? Uh, a lot of people are saying it. Does that count? Uh it's hard. It's hard to trust. You just—I I don't just know. It know. felt trustworthy as we're doing this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, he got waved. He he got waved. There you go. So, for whatever reason, that draft class has kind of been a disaster, given the three picks they've had. One, you know, impossible to judge based on injury. But let's face it, I—you'd I, have to give Danny Gray. He was covering kicks last year when healthy, which is a powerful thing to do. So I—he's not a nothing player. Right, if you no, can but I also round, don't. You, yeah, okay. Hard to crack the starting lineup for the 49ers. True. At the at that position, like he, at minimum, he's going to be the fourth wide receiver. And then the way they play, Ray Ray can just duplicate uh, Debo in the sense of like they they do like a lot of line of scrimmage plays, right? End rounds, screens, like Ray Ray can do that more than Danny. 
I mean, Ray Ray's played at Clemson. It's not like Ray Ray looks at Danny Gray thinking that guy's fucking better than him, right? And I mean, Ray Ray's played in the NFL a lot longer than him. So it's I mean, like, the hey, chances that he has Ray Ray's career are low, slim to none. But Drake Jackson's been a disaster, and obviously Ty Davis Price not even arguable. I mean, he got he got beat out immediately by an undrafted free agent in Mason. I mean, he just got beat out right just on the depth chart for the last couple of years. Like Mason was ahead of him. And I think sometimes, and this is the hard part about the 49ers, is not a lot of stuff comes out because they don't have, like, shitbirds. That when you do act a little weird or for whatever, it might just be football-wise. Maybe they just don't think you're studying hard enough. Maybe they simply don't think you're running hard enough. Maybe they don't think you pick up the op. Whatever it is, you just kind of get phased out quietly. They phase you out quietly. Ayuk I- was loud because it was weird. They drafted them. But non-like star names – all of a sudden, it's like, where's that guy? It's like, oh, yeah, he's just out of the mix. And then all of a sudden, he's just off the team. Like, that's where this is. Maybe they were signing a practice squad. I, I don't know. But my point is, this isn't just like, needed a spot, needed a number. <laughs> Bullshit. I mean, they, they don't like this guy right now. For well, I mean, they added Logan on. Ryan. They signed Logan Ryan. I know, but you could remove, like, for them to pick this guy. Like, you got to pick one guy. Right. And if he is, he's that guy. For a reason. You could have put other guys on the team. Could have just removed a DB. I mean, you could have removed whoever. Some random D lineman. Could remove anybody. You chose him. And he's his him being inactive every week and being lapped by all these guys. Like, say what they want or say what anyone wants about Mitchell. Clearly, Kyle really likes him. Right? I mean, they, they trust him. I would imagine if you asked Anthony Lynn... Right, Kyle, John, the players, like whatever Elijah Mitchell does, just work ethic wise, training wise, attentive in the meetings, like Niner standard. Whatever Ty Davis Price does and all that stuff that's that when you work for a team that you kind of talk about all the time, like, yeah, this guy's just fucking kind of slacking or whatever it is, man. He doesn't practice hard enough. Right. Like you, you get in that environment with these good teams, like you get fucking lost. The Patriots, how many guys just got weeded out immediately? Like, yeah, it didn't really last. Andy Reid, like now Kyle Shanahan. But there's a really, really high standard. And I think he's a good example of like, because you watch those highlights in college. Like he definitely has physical abilities. He's doing it against the SEC. It just didn't pop from the beginning no. with that guy. Uh, that class was is looking pretty bad, except for, you know, Brock Purdy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com/ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up everybody? It's your old friend John Middlecoff. 
I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A wise man told me a while ago that works for the Jets. He said we had they had like seven or eight high picks over a two-year stretch. He's like, we could hit on eight or nine of them. Uh, the receiver Garrett Wilson, if Beckton had become a star, Bryce Hall or Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner, if all the if all these guys, Johnson, the pass rusher from Florida State, if all these guys become Pro Bowlers, and we miss on the quarterback, we're in trouble. But if we miss on all those guys, and Zach Wilson becomes a top ten quarterback, everyone around here is getting extensions and becoming really, really rich. And that's a good example. Like, I don't know if you've. Uh, seen the latest on Zach Wilson won't come back. Regardless, like that's a reflection to me of the Jets. Like they are a debacle, and I think the 49ers are a good example. And this happens forever with good teams. Miss on some players. Who gives a shit? Like Ty Davis Price sucks. No one cares. That whole draft class is just dog poop right now. But they got Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Like ultimately, if I'm Woody Johnson, I, I would understand him going. We're paying this guy nine million. These other quarterbacks you're throwing out there fucking stink. Just play Zach Wilson till the till the end of the season. Like I don't even think that's quote unquote meddling. It's like I, I'm not watching Tim Boyle anymore. Where it's like if I'm Jed, I don't even I don't even, I might not even be able to point Ty Davis Price out of a lineup. It's just irrelevant. It really is, and that's why when you're good, everyone's finding out Belichick sucks at drafting. He's missing a lot of picks over the years. It didn't matter. The Warriors missing a lot of picks. When they're winning 60, 70 games, no one cared. Right. You start struggling to get the playing game, everyone's freaking out. I mean, Purdy's... It'd be hard, right? No one's ever... Tom Brady's just going to be the best draft pick of all time for the Patriots. He won them six Super Bowls and became the greatest quarterback of all time. He was a six-rounder. That's how's even if Purdy goes to the Hall of Fame and wins a couple Super Bowls, he's not as good as that, right? Six Super Bowls. And he was really the driving force in like four and a half out of the six. Yeah, I mean, Tom would have a chance of being the best pick of all time if he went one, if he was like in the golf Wentz draft and they picked him over another court. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's how good he is. And then you add to it, it's... 
Yeah. I don't how many? How many? How many Super Bowls would Purdy have to win to at least be in the argument with Tom as being the greatest pick of all time? Uh. Three is my first instinct. Because Tom was 199. Purdy is four. Purdy was 262. So I mean that's that's a pretty wide gap of picks. Yeah. I mean, you could argue one Super Bowl <laughs> puts him in the conference. Doesn't put him ahead of Tom, but puts him in the top ten of greatest picks of all time, right? I would say if he were to win the MVP this year, he would be immediately a top 10 draft pick of all time, right? Yep. MVP? That's an interesting list. Well, because like Tony Romo is a good example. He's got to be one of the great undrafted free agents of all time. But didn't one, I think one playoff game, a lot of stats, won a lot of regular season games. And it was, listen, he was a really good player, but like never won an MVP. Well, never think went about, to a championship yeah. game. Think about how quickly Brock's become the best last pick of all time. Just to give you an idea of like how you don't find any value there, right? Or there was a kicker who had a nice career who was drafted last, I think. That's about it. So we won an MVP and a Super Bowl. I mean, John, I, I did a video the other day. I don't you and I have not talked about this. Cause I was like, how many guys are under this level of pressure? Because I was thinking about Brock from an MVP standpoint of just he could win the MVP this year. It would be one of the most unbelievable MVPs that's ever been won in any sport. And if they were to not win the Super Bowl, it would be disappointing. It's crazy. Rarely is that the case, right? Three second-year quarterbacks in the history of the sport have won the MVP. Lamar, Mahomes, and Marino in 84. And looking back, those Dolphins teams – or that Dolphin team was a five to one favorite to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. They were they were one of like the top three odds to win the Super Bowl. Niners this year were ten to one, one of like the top five or six. So there's never really been a guy that's won an MVP uh, in his there. There hasn't, other than Marino. He's the only other one that's kind of won the MVP in year two on a team that kind of feels like Super Bowl or bust. My guess, I, I need somebody. I need like Mayoko or somebody here. My guess is that that Dolphins team, you know, they probably had not been. They'd won a championship like 10 years to 12 years before. Right. Maybe they'd won another since the undefeated team. Did they win one? But since the undefeated team in 84? Uh, no, not in the 70s. But I do think that they they drafted Dan Marino with the 27th pick. So yeah. they were clearly a pretty well-run franchise. Maybe right. I'm maybe they made a trade or whatever. I don't exactly know their previous record, but he was not. Right, like the number three overall pick, and then all of a sudden turn him two years later, and it'd be good. A lot like Mahomes, right? Mahomes yep. got to go to a playoff team. Yep, that's a good comp. I just yeah. wonder, did they so, feel so, like they same, were in their... same, with Brock, same with Brock. So you I have guess what to... I'm saying is, like, did they feel like they were in their championship window right then, or did they feel like, hey, we got a shot for the next decade? Because it feels like, you know, the Niners right now have been on this championship march Longer than anybody else in the league, if you go back to Harbaugh, from a franchise standpoint of just being right there and being in the mix. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of pressure on the organization, on the players, on Kyle. Kyle having lost the Super Bowl the way he did. And then in walks Brock with kind of all the answers, everything they needed out of the blue. Um, the, the, the Dolphins had been, I, I would probably imagine they were a lot like the Niners, like late 70s, 11 and 5. 
mm. lost wild card, 10 and six, lost division, eight and eight, 11 and four, seven and two. So that must have been a strike year. Marino's first year, which I, he was a full time starter, 12 and four. I mean, they, he got to go. I, I think him, Mahomes, it's crazy. You're talking about Dan Marino, Mahomes, and Brock Purdy, but they all do share the same characteristic of going to a really good team. I mean, Don Shula yeah. is one of the great coaches of all time, and obviously Andy Reid. I mean, I would say it's, it's going to go down as a better coach than Don Shula, and probably, I mean, is Andy Reid, when it's all said and done, going to be known as like the top two or three coach of all time? He's making it, he's going to make a case Walsh for and Bill, another one. Right. Is he third after Walsh and Bill? I would say, how's he not going to at minimum be a top five coach of all time, right, with his resume? Yeah, I mean, how many more Super Bowls does he need to make that well, a no-brainer? Well, I would say one, list, two. I mean, a little before our time, but I, I think Lombardi, you know, just gets the nod. He gets, All he right, gets we'll talk modern rate. era. <laughs> yeah, post-1980. Uh, Alex says Roger Staubach was a 10th rounder, and Jonas says Bart Starr was in the 17th. Were the rounds like nine teams back then, though? Or well, like I... I I, I just typed into Google best seventh round picks of all time. And the list is pretty shitty after a couple guys like Shannon Sharp. That's an all time seventh round pick, right? Hall of Famer, you know, top easily top five tight end. You get to a couple like couple's picks and all of a sudden you're looking at Julian Edelman, who's an all time seventh round pick, but right. like Bo Jackson, seventh round pick. Bo Jackson's not a seventh round pick. It's baseball factoring in. Bo Jackson's a number one overall pick, especially in his era. But you, you get to Donald Driver and some guys really quick, right? There are not like the best quarterback I see on this list guy is Ryan Fitzpatrick, which Ryan Fitzpatrick as a seventh round pick is a fucking all time incredible pick. pick. What do you have like a 17 year career? Yeah, but the the uh, guy like that, he doesn't like. Ultimately, the Broncos go. Yeah, we get credit for the seventh round pick because Shannon Sharp played the majority of his career for us. So when the guy goes on other places to do a, like the Patriots with Julian Edelman, he was our guy. Like, ultimately, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't even know who drafted him, but he played on seventy five teams. Like part of to me, what makes a great pick is that guy plays for you for so like the 49ers when they got Joe Staley at the end of the first round they get their starting left tackle for like 12 years you know he's got to be a stalwart on your squad what makes Draymond one of the great second round picks of all time or Jokic or anything it's like that guy his entire career was with me so it's like the Brock Purdy like this is going to be their quarterback like Kyle Shanahan I feel like he's in football love because it's Matt Ryan wasn't his guy Right, Matt Ryan was not Kirk Cousins. Why he no, truly he, like? I think that was his twist, idea. He had to kind of twist Matt Ryan's arm. I know, but definitely by the second year they became tight. They obviously have a lot for of sure. I'm just saying it, it was not it was not like this. No, I know, but my, my point is, wouldn't you say that year, like the second year, is one of the defining moments of Kyle Shanahan's career, turning that into an MVP in the offense? Oh yeah, I mean that you know that and I think probably the year that that Washington was. I don't know, like a top three NFL offense with Alfred Morris. That's another one that we don't talk about as much, but I think that's a pretty defining year in Kyle's career. Wasn't the story that Mike sent Kyle to the little general in Nevada to learn the offense? The pistol? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have learned it anywhere else at that point in time. Maybe like three of them went out there. Maybe it was like McDaniel and uh, LaFleur or something. Interesting. 
I don't remember that story, but I believe it. I mean, the timing. They, well, they didn't know it. I mean, you watch Kyle. He's fucking calling play action plays to Son Reddick. I mean, he, they do something specific. Like they got to like Steph Curry shoots threes. Kyle Shanahan calls his plays. He ain't running the pistol. I haven't seen him run the pistol since he attempted to zone Reedy with Trey Lance. Fucking hated it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is not his style. He he dreams of running this offense, and he did at the highest level, like the best his offense has ever looked obviously was in his career with Matt Ryan. It is now that again, right? Yeah. I mean, you, I think this is the second best offense Kyle's had. You'd say the 19 team, you know, we can look at the stats. They'll be about the same. Um, But I would say this year in terms of like what it could be because of Brock. I mean, his, his four best offenses were the year that they were, he was one, two or three, whatever it was. He was a top three offense in Washington the Matt Ryan year, the 2019 team, and this team. Those are his, those are Kyle's four best offenses in his career. Um, and I'd say this one's better than the 19 offense because of Brock, and Ayuk's better. And I'd say it's definitely better than the Washington offense that he had that statistically was excellent, but they did not throw the ball well. They were probably a second, a bottom 10 passing team in the league. And then you got, you know, the team that had it. Guess what? The quarterback was the MVP in uh, in the Matt Ryan year, whatever that was, nine, what year was that, 18? Uh, Matt Ryan. No, his yeah. first year was seventeen. It would have been two thousand sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. So like that, this and that team, those are his two best, and that guy won the MVP. But nineteen, I guess all of his teams always have a huge rushing element. Was very, very heavy rushing. They were, they scored a lot of points. Only the Chiefs scored more. Do you know how many points the Chiefs? You know the two highest scoring teams met in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Chiefs averaged thirty nine points a game. Oh. oh, that was oh, never mind. That that was the playoffs. My, my fault. Oh, my fault. Okay. That was the, that was the playoffs. I was like, how's that even possible? They what they the average for the year like twenty nine, thirty one. Uh, the the Niners averaged twenty nine uh points a game, but their rushing offense that 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 must have been Lamar's year to win the MVP. They were number two. They were just a heavy, heavy rush team. Like this year, I mean, their passing game is so much better. Well, they're so much in passing attempts. Who is year. the Niners? I know, but they're way more explosive than they yeah, were. Yeah, and they just play from ahead and they run the ball. But Brock's good games, even when they dominate, are always going to be 25 or 32, right? There, he's just not going to have Lamar was 19. He's not going to have the 47 yard pass attempt games. Unless it's a right. complete disaster. Yeah, it's not good for them. But he's still... It, he, but he, I don't even think it's not good. That's just not the way he coaches. But I just mean, like, we've talked about this. The guys who lead the league in attempts usually, like, look at who leads the league in yards this year. It's it's Stroud and it's um, Will Blackman. What's the guy's name, the quarterback of Washington? Uh, Joe Theismann, uh Sam Howell. <laughs> Sam Howell. I don't know why I call him Will Blackman. Uh, he looks like a Will. Um but like those are your leading, pe- you know. So I don't. But this looking- is how they're going to build. The, even if Purdy becomes an all-time great player, he's going to play in an offense like this. Going to like Sean Payton's offense looks like Sean Payton's offense. Yeah, Kyle's offense looks like Sean Payton, or I mean Kyle's offense. I think sometimes on a given year, maybe he would if their running game didn't work. He'd have no choice. Like Andy Reid is an example this year. Andy Reid wants to pass the ball all the time. But Isaiah Pacheco is one of his best players. He's running the ball way more this year than he ever has. Mm-hmm. Like, you look up a lot. Yeah. He's getting 20, 25 attempts with one Because that's just his best playmaker. Yeah, it's like they, they're averaging five, six yards a carry. He doesn't have a choice. I think Kyle, like Andy, 
will ha- there's a step between I don't have a choice and it's not working, and it's usually like we're gonna figure it out my way. <laughs> like that is the difference of like I would say those two guys more than like Belichick doesn't have a scheme. And it's easy to make fun of now, but historically, like twenty, like they, 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 some games they ran for seventy attempts. Some days they passed seventy. It did what they did, whatever they have to do. Yeah, he's very unique. Like Kyle, his offense is going to look like his offense probably till the day he dies. I mean, elements it, it'll adapt and change, but I just mean like there are specific things he loves to do because clearly the way he coaches and schemes a game plan is a build up to a play, and it's it's usually the run to pass, right? The run game or the pass game is set up to do the opposite with the other play. And sometimes like the Purdy play clearly, and honestly, maybe that, that Debo touchdown, you know, where Reddick chased Purdy, maybe that wasn't necessarily like he set it up earlier. He just saw that. And they're like, he's, he's going to chase him no matter what. Let's, let's use it against them. Maybe they knew that coming in, Mm -hmm. which is, I I mean, I could have told you that, like he's fucking going to chase this guy. Better get rid of the ball though. Uh, yeah, Andy, my analogy on Andy would be, he's like, um, you know, I don't know about your grandpa, but like, you know, the, the old joke, like, uh, you know, duct tape will fix anything. Like Andy's just got Pat Mahomes and duct tape and like the two of them together, just trying to figure it out this year. Right. He's got a co- He's got other guys, but he'll just do, he'll, that's, that's his. Well, they're, well, they're a good example. Like their offense because of financially how they had to build their team and their quarterback got really expensive. They couldn't have like Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. So they would just have one of them. And then they would be depending on, well, it's like they're Ty Davis and Danny Gray. If they became Danny Gray and Ty Davis, probably you'd be in major trouble. You're like, you try to patchwork it, right? Once your quarterback becomes expensive, you better fucking hit on that second round receiver because you're going to need the guy to play. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty right now of this team, right? Is you got, you do have a couple, you got a little time to figure out. Everyone's debating. What is Brock? And the beauty is you don't have to know right now. The question is just, is he good enough to win you the Super Bowl? I know, you know, from an MVP perspective, this week. He's a betting favorite, right? He's the betting favorite. I, it was the first thing I checked Monday morning, and there he was. And Dak's right there, too. What was and it? Brock is 3-1. to one. That's... You know, I, I, if I, I told you this, I'd vote for McCaffrey personally, but... Like, just go look, John. The the last five years, the guys average like 43 passing touchdowns, the MVPs. Pro, there's a good chance nobody gets the 40. Dak might. I think but, when you look historically how what it takes for a running back to win it, their team kind of has to suck, and it's like Adrian Peterson runs for 2,500 yards off yeah. a torn ACL. Or Barry Sanders. Christian Ponder to the playoffs. Exactly. Barry Sanders has 2,000 yards and still splits it with Brett Favre. Split it. Guy had 2,000 yards, like one of the greatest players of all time. It's like, yeah, we just got to get Favre in there too. You know, yep. uh, so I'll put that aside. I, Let's talk about Brock I, versus Dak. I did say it after the game. I think Christian McCaffrey can't really win it. I, I just – I think you're I, right. I don't, I, I don't think it's possible, which is crazy to say. I mean, he's going to have – I mean, I would say, I mean, when it's all said and done, assuming he stays healthy the rest of the season, I mean, one of the great seasons in Niner history. <laughs> I mean, statistically. Yeah. So I mean, it's one of the most special. It's one of the most special seasons that I've just watched from a player. Th- there is, like, for as big as the Niners are, and they're clearly to me. There's like five or six teams that carry the league. There is one team, just in terms of, I'm talking importance of quantity, not the not 
for the league to like succeed because the Cowboys never make long playoff runs. The Cowboys are bigger than everyone else. Their television ratings are bigger. They have more fans. They are talked about. They open the discussion if you can. Like if it's if there's a crazy story with the Niners and a crazy story with the Cowboys, your lead would go Cowboys Niners. And then you just fight, build your show around both of them. The yeah, and the Niners show, topic but- would be like, can the Cowboys beat the Niners? <laughs> Which is fine. It doesn't but I'm not like I don't get offended I, by that, but I, I think that like this week, if Dak Prescott throws three or four touchdowns, there's an element where he's been in the mix longer. Fair or not. And listen, I, I actually like him a lot. I I, I really do. Uh and we shit on him for the games against the Niners. It is pretty hard to play against the 49ers. <laughs> like I you're talking to someone who thinks training camp practices, I mean, especially now, have never been less relevant. But, like, Brock Purdy gets punked by the Niners. Like, most people do when they play him. It's what made, like, when Joe Burrow did that, you're like, holy shit, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I think if he just sustains what he's doing and all things are equal, and they, they, they have the same record. I know the Niners beat him straight up. Right. But people are going to hate to hear this. I, I I think Dak would win it if all things are equal. And honestly, give or take a game. Like, if the Niners are 14-3 and three and they're 13-4 and four and Dak has more touchdown passes – like Dak's going to get back-to-back games against the Eagles because never forget, like two weeks ago or whatever, when they played three or four, he lit them up as well. And if he does that again, it's just a little bit. What have you done for me lately? Now the Purdy gets an enormous moment on was it Monday Night Football, Christmas Night? The Ravens' defense is one of the best in the league. But I, I, I if I was like if I was going to bet on this, which three to one odds are terrible with a guy that once upon a time was probably like 50 to one, you know, it's like, God damn, wish I would have bought that stock cheap. I, I would imagine if things just maintain like Dak keeps falling, Purdy keeps falling that fair or not. I think Dak would win it. Matt sent me a DM our listener, Matt. He said, um, strength of victory. Cowboys are three thirty, Niners are five thirty two. Not a single one of the Cowboys' nine wins have been against a team with a record above 500. You pointed out to me part of that was they beat Seattle to knock them under 500, but not a record above 500. He'll have four consecutive weeks against 500 teams or better coming up. So to your point, Dak's got a chance now. Who do they play after they play Philly? Or they play – yeah, who do they play after they play Philly? Do you have Dallas in front of you? Yeah, No, I don't, but I'll, I just pulled up their stats. I mean, they're basically – Dak Prescott is 26 and six. Yep. Purdy's 23 and six. They're both 70%. Dak has 3,200 yards. Purdy has, you know, basically 3,200 yards too. Yeah. So that's like 100 three, yards more, right? 100 yards more, three more touchdowns, and the same exact record. And winning, winning and losing to me is a quarterback stat because all the best quarterbacks always won the most. But like Dak played shitty against the 49ers, right? He was awful that game. I remember Dante Whitten was like, that was terrible. And, and Purdy was good. But ultimately, like, Dak didn't play Purdy in, in that situation. The quarterbacks, I mean, they're playing the separate defense. I mean, I, I that's the respect I have for the Niners defense. It's, like, hard to play. They punk, they just punk Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think the question is, I think the heart of the question as it relates to Dak is, does the fact that Dak, because you said, you know, Dak's been kind of waiting in the sense that everyone's been, every year, Dak is just in the conversation. And I would argue that, you know, on one hand, it's always the same kind of conversation just about with him, right? I, I went back and looked at Sando's tiers. He has, in seven straight years, been a tier two quarterback. 
in Mike Sando's tiers. This year he was 15th at the, the last quarterback in tier two. I think that feels a little low for him, but that's Who? generally Dak Prescott. Yeah. That's generally where he lives, right? It's like if we, my guess is, I think he got one tier one vote, but my, he, to me, he kind of just lives in like the eight to 12 range every year. Maybe some days he looks like a top five guy. He's been better than 15. He's been better than 15. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. He's not 15. Um, And I would guess he's going to be higher in the tiers next year. But, you know, yeah, he's been part of the conversation. And so he's just kind of in, you know, if it's a line, he's been waiting in the waiting room for a long time. But the conversation, now I said never when we talk about this. And you said, well, no, there was the one year. And you're right. The the 2021 year, right? He threw 37 touchdowns. That was a that's a high level year, and he's having a high level year this year. 37, 37. He's not been in the waiting room of the MVP many years in his career. He's just been kind of in the conversation because he's the Cowboys' quarterback, and he's kind of polarizing because people want him to be better most years. Here's here's what they do. So they got Philly Sunday Night Football okay. at home, at Buffalo, two twenty five Fox. I'd imagine that's the <laughs> national game. The following week on Christmas Eve at Miami. Then ESPN Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions. I, you know, Purdy gets the Raven game. I think that stack of games, if he balls out. There is the win. Is his to win. When you factor in his competition. But I also say, God damn, it's a tough stretch of football. I mean, that's yeah. Are, are the Cowboys, even if they beat the Eagles, are they are we sure they're a lock to win that division then? Because they I mean those are at, at Buffalo, at Miami, tough little stretch right there. So there's a difference between saying it's his to lose and it's his to win. And you're saying it's his, I don't know, are you saying both? It's his to lose and his I, to win? I, my point is, I have, Purdy is an MVP caliber player. He's fucking awesome. Anyone talking shit about him is a moron. I mean, doesn't know what they're talking about. I just know the way, like if I remove my emotion, just know the way the Cowboys kind of operate with this guy who a lot of people like. He's the man of the year. Easy people just he just people like the guy, just like Purdy. Like he's a likable guy. You know, he represents the NFL well. And if he has a 35 touchdown season and they start rattling off, and those are some of the best teams in the league. My John, Miami's the worthy, number one seed. The Eagles are the number one. Be a worthy MVP. In the division. Could they? Yeah. If they win no, the division. I'm, yeah, that's my point. If they win the division, given how where they kind of were a couple weeks ago, you know, the 49ers have kind of been in full control, beside a little stint that ultimately was less about Purdy and more about the defense. Now, Purdy had a couple shitty moments. I think you'd One happily have them win the division, have Dak have the MVP if you were the Niners, right? Because you that means you're probably, provided you take care of your business, you're the one seed. So either way... <laughs> But I also think Dak. I just want to say this: is put he is putting together an M, like an MVP worthy season on any team. If he were the quarterback of the Chiefs right now, if he were the quarterback of the Niners, if he were the quarterback of any of the good teams, he's leading. He's going to lead the league in like several major categories on one of the best teams in the NFL. So Cowboys are not like that's that is worthy for consideration. I'm not saying it's not. Is Brock Purdy a lock, true Pro Bowler right now? How I does think he not he end? Up? Yeah, yeah. I mean the NFC quarterbacks are. One problem, one major problem, and it's a good problem to have. These are first-class problems. If Purdy wins the MVP in a second year mm-hmm. and they were to go on to win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. he'd be a year away from staring down. Like, the contract's kind of the contract. You're saying, they're like I, against, you're saying Parag doesn't want him to win the MVP? Doesn't I change mean, who he was. 
by a couple years, Prague might be living in England, you know, printing money, running the soccer team. It might not be, it might be a Hampton or whoever his number two guy's problem is, but it, it becomes, it starts validating things that there's no, Hey man, let's just part of the team, you know, $37 million a year, right, right, guarantee a right, right. hundred million. Like you hang up that, I mean, you'd be talking in a couple years, I mean, $200 million guaranteed. Look at the, look at how much money and you and I are, are, probably on the high end of Herbert supporters. It's just a lot of stats and games that haven't mattered. Like you start winning MVP, start rattling off playoff victories. Like it's shut up and call me back when you hit my number. A little Nick Bosey. This is my right. number, homie. You don't think there's a discount when you're only, when you just say, I was the last Locked pick. Out. They believed in me. I mean, Hey guys, I'm happy to be I, here. I, right. I think you'd be talking about a $200 million player. Yeah. And I mean, and then it's it crazy really does matter. Loud, that's the going. Well, then well, it and really then, matters. And then it really matters. Like, well, winning the MVP and being the most valuable player to your team are two different things, right? Like, there are years where Patrick Mahomes doesn't win the MVP, but the team with the MVP would trade their guy for him. Well, if you were Brock Purdy, so and, you better and, you have to be one of the most valuable players when that contract arrives. Well, they're not allowed to. People keep asking me that are watching this why I'm wearing a cowboy hat. It's in support of the Cowboys this weekend against the Eagles because, you know, I, I want the Cowboys to win. Niners take back hold of that one seed, and we just let chaos ensue. Plus, I think it would put the Eagles in a they, – they'd start reeling a little bit. It, it's Because kind of look at the schedule, I, I still wouldn't feel great about Dallas then rattling off a bunch of victories just because their schedule. But I do think it could put the Eagles in a little turmoil. The Niners were lucky. Their turmoil happened early in the season, and it was pretty ugly. Uh, then they got a bye, got to take a deep breath, and Trent and Debo came back. And his books went e- to the sideline. Eagles would be out of kind of some options. Like, they would just need to – would they have like a players-only meeting? It'd be one of those. Yeah, what are their moves? Goddard, you know, Goddard's not healthy. Lane Johnson, everyone says every week I see him. He's like, oh, you know, they ain't got it. And then I watch him, I go, oh, my God. I was thinking about this today in the car, John. So many years of Lane Johnson's career, I didn't realize he was one of the best freaking players I've ever seen. We I watched him against Bosa on one groin. He, he's and, good. He's good. Which I don't know. Do we each? Do we all have one groin? But I watch him on one groin, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy. Does Chip Kelly get credit for that pick? It was his first draft pick as head coach. What, what number of pick was it? Four. Well, you know, there's. I have to go look at that draft. Sometimes those picks, nobody gets credit for. You're like, yeah, we should. Everyone knew we were going to take that guy. You know, everyone would have taken him. Uh, Howie Roseman want that pick? Wasn't really. Yeah, well, I guess like. Howie was. No, he was technically the GM. Andy did take uh, this guy named Eric Fisher number one. I think if he could redo that one, he would have taken Lane. That was his first year in the yeah. Chiefs. He had the number one overall pick. But uh, yeah, I. I I think Purdy's going to have to, in a weird way, go above and beyond, which is a little unfair. But ultimately, like, I think it's Russell Wilson, when he won that Super Bowl, who was not in his second year as good as Purdy. He wasn't, no one was talking about his MVP. A lot of people thought, like, what's this guy? He's more of a game manager. But within that next year, that team was so good. It was like, this is the price. And remember, Seattle was a little uncomfortable. Like, we got to pay this guy how much? Then he became a really good player. But remember, it kind of fractured the team. And that was more because they didn't like him. That's not the problem with Purdy. But it fractured their team in terms of economically just because he won the Super Bowl so early. They had to pay him so much fucking money. It would get really, again, good problem to have. I don't think people – the Purdy conversation 
if this hap is only getting started with the with the money coming down the yeah, pipe, it's, it's true. You think it's been crazy <laughs> to this point? Oh my god! But here's the thing: you throw four touchdowns in playoff games. You throw three touchdowns in a playoff in a Super Bowl, and Mahomes or Lamar Jackson on the other side, and you win. What the fuck are we even talking about? Like it's the whole point of the sport. Well, exactly. I just looked up. Uh, I got MLB Network on John Winter Meetings and Brad Paisley's promoting his new album. We're in the same hat as you. What I don't understand, and I, I was at the gym today, and I looked up, and uh, the winter meetings were on. You can't. You have to find a way. Your sport is broken. You have to make an event that, like, okay, well, all the top seven guys are going to sign right now. That's what the NFL has, right? It's like Otani is just doing what? Like what? Following Logan Webb on Instagram. But so he's just going to wait till February. Yeah, like, they'll wait. Yeah, exactly. The the biggest money in the NFL happens first. The baseball is the opposite, but it's an event. Like there is no event with baseball. Yeah, well, baseball or, has an event with no signings. Football doesn't actually have a fit like an event. Like there's not like everyone in one room, but all the signings. That's my it's point. That like the, the the winter meetings is basically just a convention. Like it's not. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a job fair, is what it is. It's a job fair. Because <laughs> like when the combine happens and all these stories coming out, like oh fuck, get ready for McGlinchey. You know to get ready because it's about to happen. It's like Otani. Could make his decision in early March. You're like, well, shit, I, I'm not waiting three months. Like, wait yeah. when it's ready. I can't wait for this. I bet the story is coming like Otani. You know, Otani may not sign until after he's got his elbow rehab. You know, like one of those weird stories. He could, he yeah. could sit, you know, for six months. And, you know, it, um, it's been like this for a while, but it's, it sucks. Like, it's, yeah. No one, if you were developing a business around sports, would would set it up this way. They, no. they have to figure that out to make it relevant again. Uh, here's here's uh, here's my follow up to that Brock uh, that Brock conversation for you. Niners lost to the Browns. Debo got hurt. Trent Williams got hurt. Even McCaffrey got banged up late, but Debo was out. Minnesota they lost the game though. Debo no Trent. Cincy still dealing with injuries. Uh, that's the only thing that can stop this team from winning the Super Bowl. When you look around, kind of the MVP conversation, I think, is reflective also of the Super Bowl race. Uh, and that is that there's just there are less elite teams this year, just like there are less elite MVP candidates this year. And the Niners are the same. The Niners have changed quarterback. They've upgraded. But I know what they look like in the playoffs. And most importantly, I know what they look like when they're fully healthy. And they have had multiple years under Kyle Shanahan. They have never won a Super Bowl under Kyle Shanahan. But every single year that they've been good under Kyle Shanahan, when healthy, they can look like the best team in the league. And I think that's what they are again. And the only thing that will and can stop them from winning the championship is health. Is Debo getting banged up? Trent Williams missing the playoffs? McCaffrey getting not whatever? Purdy? Um, you know, I saw Stephen A. had a take today, John that the 49ers just invalidated the Eagles NFC championship game from last year. Now I under good logic. Stephen A's got better depth and opinions than he gets credit for. Um, he's not just a guy screaming. I disagree with that take. I, that's just, this is the game. People get hurt. People stay healthy. That's the way it works. I don't think they invalidated last year's NFC championship game. I don't think Philly's as good this year, but they were better last year. Yeah, that, that is the only thing that can stop the 49ers at this point. When you look at Philly, when you look at Dallas, when you look at Miami, when you look at Baltimore, when you look at Kansas City, uh, when you look at Buffalo, like all these teams that 
the the ones that are equipped. When you look at Detroit, um, it's there is not anything out there that is a bigger threat to the Niners than their own health. That's it. That's the biggest threat to the 49ers is their health. Do you think I could send DraftKings that Stephen A take and say, can I get my $2,000 back? Because last year when Max Homa won me 2K on Saturday night at Torrey Pines and then I put it all in the Niners plus two or my, whatever the line was. And then the game was over when Purdy was on the fucking sideline. Did mm. they give it back? Or that's if you, if you would, if you would play it at the prize picks.com slash ham 50, you would know that prize picks is the only daily fantasy, John, that gives you a refund. If one of your players gets hurt, nobody else does that. But uh, I don't think that uh, DraftKings will do that for you. <laughs> no, uh, I think they actually did some of that this year. Okay. Cause FanDuel was not. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> they started throwing bones. You know, when a guy was injured, it's like it's part of gambling. <laughs> People get hurt. I mean, I don't know what to uh I, but I, I I'm with you. I, I think that uh I, I do think the 49ers would have won that game, but by no means they easily could have lost it as well. But what we witnessed was a joke. And you knew it at the time. Everyone watching it was like, This is a joke, because it felt like didn't it kind of feel like the Super Bowl? I mean, obviously, to go to the Super Bowl, but it felt like whoever won that game was going to have a huge advantage. Now, it turns out the Chief won. But remember, the Eagles were winning that game. Like it's, They were going to be favored in the game against the Chiefs. And it was... I give them a lot of credit. And listen, it's pro sports. You get paid a lot of money to try to win. But let's face it, like being devastated can throw you off. They've responded pretty well. And the way they rallied around that quarterback, I mean, they. I, I think there's a level of belief. And listen, the Eagles have it too in Jalen that is very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I think going way back, because part of when you're not like, everyone believed in Peyton Manning. Well, yeah, he's the number one pick. Or everyone believes in Trevor Lawrence. Like it was, they were told to, they didn't even have a choice. It's like, this guy's the franchise. When the guy's one of the richest guys round, when he walks into the room. When the guy's a later round pick, like you kind of got to earn some cred in the room, you know, you really do. And I think Russell always struggled with that till this day. It's like, do people even like this guy? Dak did not, right? People really gravitated toward him. And I give you like, you got to have that to be a really good quarterback. Jalen has it and Purdy has it in spades too. And if you're then good with that quality, like the fuck this guy's the limit. Because like, what if Brock Purdy just is what everything that we thought Baker Mayfield was going to be? Right. They drafted Baker Mayfield number one overall to be this. Right. He was never going to be the biggest. He was never going to be the strongest, but he was going to be elite. And he just wasn't. And so far, Purdy in his starts, I mean, has been elite. I saw someone, Chris Broussard had a great argument against Nick Wright about, you know, some of the MVPs and their yak percentage. Because that's that's a that's a low hanging fruit. Like, oh, Purdy just gets a lot of yak. The yak. Do you know that Purdy this year? In 2020, for his career, I think he's a little over 50%. It's like 51 or 52. For his, you know, if you factor in last year and this year. In 2023 alone, it's like either 48 or 49%. And you'd be like, that, sound, that seems pretty high. I don't, I don't have much context when I just heard that number. But then he threw up all the former MVPs. Mahomes, 18, was like 54. Lamar, his year, was actually the lowest of the group. was like 50 or 49 a bunch of guys in the mid to low fifties, Tom Brady, like his part of playing football is like, you don't just catch and hit the ground, right? I mean, that's most of the teams. Like, and you look back to Tyreek and Mahomes and Kelsey in their heyday. I mean, it was a lot of like, get the ball to them and let them cook. But because 
he looked unlike, you know, he had the little Farvian quality. I, I just don't understand why people, I, I think it's a pretty easy one. Like I didn't think he was going to be this good and now he is. Why can't you just pivot? I, I thought Brandon Staley sucked. If Brandon Staley had just started winning Super Bowls, I'd have to say like Brandon Staley is pretty good. Like I, I've always thought Sark sucked. Now I would still preface by saying he has the highest payroll in all of college football and his team is stacked and the big 12 is down, but I got to give the guy credit. I mean, his, his teams looked awesome this year. Right. Yeah. And highest payroll, big 12 down, but still, that's a fact. I don't understand. Like, if we did, if you just watched Brock Purdy last week and you came away like, yeah, still pretty overrated. And I think you could have a fair argument. Is he the most important player on the team? Like, yeah, they have very, very important players because they have Hall of Famers. But the argument, we just saw it with Florida State, how important the quarterback is. I was intrigued when I thought Sam Darnold was going to start. You were probably everyone kind of was. Yeah. It's pretty clear that even if he actually is much better than he's ever been, he ain't this. Uh, while you're talking, I, like, I just you look, don't know that. So Mahomes last year, I, I love that stat you gave because it just made me think of like, well, let's go look at um, you know air yards. Right, you don't know did the outcome after a 15 yard pass or a three yard pass would be part of the like was what I would want to know about that. But like Mahomes won the uh, the MVP last year, 41 touchdowns, 12 picks. Last year, Patrick Mahomes, 43 percent of his passes were considered short. Which I don't remember exactly. I'd have to dive into the definitions here, but I, you know, that's like a. It's I, my guess is that's within like seven yards of the line of scrimmage. It's a short pass, but whatever that definition is, it's broken. The PFF breaks it down into four categories: deep passes, which I think are over twenty yard passes; intermediate, which are going to be twelve you know, to twenty. Yeah, probably. So maybe short is within ten. Whatever that short number is, and maybe then behind the line of scrimmage. Got you. Those are the four categories. So a behind um, the line of scrimmage is not considered short. No, that's a different category. I can give you the, the numbers on that. I, I, no, I, I like that. So Mahomes last year, 43% of his passes were considered short passes. And I'll tell you behind the line of scrimmage too. 18% of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage. So what does that up to? 61% were either short or behind the line of scrimmage. This year, Brock is... The same exact percentage of short passes as Mahomes, 43%, 43%, same percentage. And uh, his percentage of his attempts that are behind the line of scrimmage is... I can't even find him on this list. didn't even show up on the list. I got to keep going. Hold on. That's the page. I don't know. Well, like, for example... Oh, you know why? Because he doesn't... Hold on a second. 14%. So, again, same exact percentage as Mahomes last year. 43% of their throws were short throws and a lower percentage of throws behind the line of scrimmage. Now, my guess is that Brock Brock's biggest Brock's going to have a big percentage on intermediate throws, right? Let's compare those two. Brock is seventh in the NFL. 23% of his throws are considered intermediate throws. And last year, Mahomes... My get my my guess, John, is this going to add up to Mahomes having a higher deep ball percentage? And Mahomes was lower, 20 percent. So that means Mahomes, you know, by a few percentages, is going to have a, 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 a more of his throws will be deep balls. Yeah, which would make sense. I mean, he's more of a deep ball. Like Purdy well, is not. I wouldn't call a deep ball thrower. Like to me, my comp for him is if he becomes what he's doing right now and sustains it is much more 
the modern version of Brees. I, I think that's what he is. Like Brock's percentage is higher down the field. Brock has eleven percent of his throws are deep throws, and last year Mahomes was nine percent. Now Tyreek had just left, right? I bet if you went to the MVP year, his you know in eighteen or whatever he yeah. won it. But the point is just you don't have to beat like he won the MVP with those percentages, right? Forty-one touchdowns. Yeah, forty-one touchdowns. Yeah, you know, but we're just talking 40. about like, does Brock make NFL throws? Is what that conversation is, right? Which is stupid. Like, of course, and the know, answer is like, yes. But you know what's weird? And maybe this—I mean, this—the landscape was so different. Like, Drew Brees became one of the greatest players of all time, and his arm was never great. Peyton was just so good; no one really talked about his arm. Peyton's arm was pretty average. Yeah, and got worse. But. But he could make, and he did. Like, he pushed the ball down the field. But my point is, like, and maybe it's because, like, some of the best players right now, I mean, Mahomes' comp is, like, a better version of Favre. So that's, and and the other guy, Josh Allen, is, you know, probably the greatest physical freak we've seen since, as just a true quarterback since, like, Elway. So, like, that's just kind of, and we see those guys play in primetime, and we have for the last four or five years a lot. Like, that's kind of become the bar. You know, because Joe Burrow's just so good, but he's he's closer to Brock, I'd say, than he is those guys in terms of just the ball flying out of his arm, right? He does not throw. He, he throws a beautiful ball, but Good he does not Burrow. have some how. I'm talking about Joe Burrow, yeah. He does not have some howitzer. I also think you can improve. Like I, Jake Browning, watching him last night, his arm is stronger than it was for Chris Peterson. And, and Troy Aikman talked about, there was a moment last night in the broadcast where he's like, you know, Browning's a really impressive guy to sit down with. And we talked to him a lot about, obviously, Jake is your classic, like, Boise, Chris Peterson type Peterson guy, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So just he think how hard he's, how seriously he's taken being a backup quarterback and how he thinks he's improved dramatically, even though no one's ever get to watch him play. Just mm. in that he, he works out with those guys like Burrow in the offseason and the training he does. Like, you get to improve. Like, Tom Brady looked a lot better by 2012 than he did in 2006. So part of Purdy is like, you get to keep improving from an arm strength standpoint. He come off, he fucking said arm surgery. But tell me this, from a scouting perspective, isn't physical traits part of what you have to use in order to project how much better a guy's ceiling is? Yeah, I mean, you would say, let's just, if we just, it's easy just to do this compared to a baseball pitcher. I would say Purdy right now hovers, you know, 90 to 92 He's never going to get to 98, but can he get to 94 for a period from like 28 years old to 33 years old where he just throws it a little stronger? Or is this just kind of be his arm strength his whole career? Because if yeah, it is, his his margin for error is smaller if this is his arm strength his whole career, I would say. Well, you're right. You're making the case like maybe his arm will get a little better when he's further removed from the elbow injury, which well, I think Bra- is Brady's improved. Brady's improved. Brady's improved. And a lot of that was like, you know, some of the mechanics, right? Brady was super fundamentally mechanic, mechanically fundamental. Um, when you but, say Purdy would be, I mean, he, he's not going to like, the weight room's only going to do so much for him. He's going to have to get into that shit. Yeah, for sure. But I, but I think the elbow thing, which we've kind of forgotten about because he's made us forget about it. You know, you remember they were managing him right before the season. I think there is a reasonable chance that his arm whatever a hundred percent is, it's not that right. It's clearly good enough. It's not that he can't put forth full power, but it's just maybe he has to manage it, warm towels, whatever, in a way that he may not have to in the future. Or maybe he always will do that. But I think it's something we forget about that 
you know, you think about his arm, he came back looking as good or better considering it's pretty crazy, which sometimes happens with the, you know, with some of the elbow surgeries, but sometimes doesn't. And um, for him, it did. But, you know, the what, to, what Otani's telling everyone right now, asking for seven hundred seventy eight million dollars. Yeah, Otani's like, I'll just somebody had I saw the other day is like, make him a closer and then he can just pitch less and uh, come back sooner because you don't have like to stretch Smoltz. him out to like seven innings. Yeah, um, that's right. Smalls. So and then you can throw harder. But, um, you know, the, Bre- the the comparison to Breeze, I I get why people don't look at Breeze and go, oh, Brock must be that. Because Breeze, even, you know, Breeze, San Diego decided they had to move on. Miami failed him on the physical. It's not, it wasn't obvious right away that Drew Breeze was going to become Drew Breeze. And when you don't have the super Danny human Cannell's arm, dad. Danny Cannell's dad was the doctor. Was the doctor that failed him on the Nick Saban, Nick Saban led Danny Cannell's dad failed Drew Breeze? Mm-hmm. That, you know, I mean, God, if. <laughs> If you're about to go into the knife, John, you're like, hey, Doc, have you ever, what, what have you done? Like, well, I failed Breeze. That's a tough one. You know, you got to, but he's probably saved some lives. So Dan, Dan Cannell, uh, I would say. Dr. Dan, that one. Dr. Dan Cannell. I mean, you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of millions of dollars getting invested. Saban, you know, Saban's on your ass. You said, well, I saw a headline. It's like a little late, but was Dan Cannell right? Drew Breeze says he can't throw his, his, his shoulders that fucked up. He has up. to throw with his yeah. other arm. Yeah, for his kids. Crazy. Like he can't even go to he can't even go to their little league practice or flag football and play catch. It's like my dad's Drew Brees. Can I play catch with him? He's like, no, he actually can't throw. <laughs> I want to see a Drew Brees spiral. And he like pulls out <laughs> left-handed and just. <laughs> but it wouldn't shock me if you if we fast forward four years, Brees that like throws a pretty spiral left-handed. Wouldn't surprise me. Not at didn't all. Brock or, start throwing with the other hand this offseason? Well, I remember Kittle on the sideline. Like Brock, you got anything in lefty? I remember do remember that. that yeah. <laughs> Modern medicine, who knows? You know, if you can do hip replacements, knee replacements, could you do a shoulder replacement when Breeze is like 55 and he can throw normally? I, I Breeze is an exception to the rule. And so when we talk about Brock, the question is, is Brock an exception to the rule? That's what you're trying to identify. And when we're talking about exceptions to the rule, people are going to be slow to adapt and and um, and change their opinions, which is is irrelevant, really. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, but I I get it. Like, I, I do, I'm not one of these people that goes – you know, um, it's one thing to not see it. It's another thing. I think it's fair to go, well, is this the same as CJ Stroud? Would you just, if you put Brock on the Texans right now, would he be an MVP candidate in the way, you know, Stroud's not a legit MVP MVP candidate, but he's, he, he is, you know, he's going to be on those leaderboards and he's elevating that franchise. Would Brock do that? I think most people would answer, oh, he couldn't. He couldn't like that. But maybe the answer in five years, we'll look back and go, yeah, actually the answer would have been yes. Maybe that's the answer. I don't know. But he's not on that team. He's on this team. And I know this team is hasn't won a Super Bowl, and they're better with him. So, you know, I, I think with him, you just got to be very open to the possibility that he'll keep surprising you because what he's done to this point is one of the most surprising things that anyone has ever done in the history of the sport or any other sport. Now, they would never publicly on record even get into this debate because it's not worth it. But, like, if you were sitting down having a beer with Slowick, D'Amico, and just, you know, CJ, what he's doing is incredible, especially when you factor in his team. But, like, if CJ disappeared tomorrow and I gave you Brock Purdy, would you two guys, having been around him, you, D'Amico, coached against him forever as he's a scout team guy, feel good about it? My guess is they would say yes, right? My, that's my 
like my, they feel good that they'd be okay or feel good that they were going a like piece for piece replacing CJ Stroud. I'm just saying if I said CJ disappeared tomorrow and you just had Purdy for the next couple of years, would you feel good about your team's ability yeah. to succeed? I think yeah. they would say yes. Yeah. Again, what's CJ's having like Dan Marino level greatest season of all time for a rookie. What he's doing, but this gets back to the whole conversation. CJ Stroud was the second overall pick. He went to Ohio State. People were nitpicking him, right? Like the like you do nitpick a top two or three pick in college. Even Drew Brees. It does like, pass the eye test too, though. One hundred percent. But I'm saying, like, when you are a super high pick and you are good, it's like ah, fuck. They knew it. They yeah. when you are even Drew Brees was the the first overall pick in the second round. He was he was picked thirty three. You know, or I technically 32, so someone must have got in trouble and got a pick stolen. But uh, I, part of what Purdy, like if Purdy was Drew Brees in the sense of he had been the 49ers somehow got picked 33 and they had just got the first pick in the second round, I, I think we would talk about this differently. I, I think yeah. when you kind of come out of nowhere, people want to assume you suck. Yeah. Really. But that is not right? real. At least it, it, to me that they assume it's not, it can't be real. Because if if Purdy had looked like Bryce Young, people would be like, of course this guy fucking sucks, seventh round pick. <laughs> but I hear countless people saying this, and I don't have a dog in the fight. Like I, I thought he was awesome player in college. Clearly, it's been a disaster. People are like, I'm not. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving Bryce time. If Bryce was the seventh round pick, or hell, a fourth round pick, I don't think people would talk about him like that. So the pick where you're selected shapes the narrative. How just people are going to feel about you. You just get more time. But also you are that pick because there is something real or perceived in terms of deficiency, right? And he has them. Size would be one. Arm strength. But but, uh, Drew Brees was six feet tall. Yeah, I know. And went in the second round, first round. And he's slower than Purdy. I know. Similar size. He he does have. Played the big 10. Right. 10 10 plus inch hands. He he has over an inch on on uh, Purdy's hands. There was something about him. I I don't remember really that. There goes John. Where did I go? Um, my guess he actually clicked his way off. He's got new fiber internet. While you were gone, I guess that you just accidentally pushed something. I did. Yeah. Uh, here's a question for you. C.J. Stroud, right now, uh, the Texans are what seven and five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, five. Not a, I don't think legitimate MVP candidate, but they play the Jets, the Titans, the Browns, the Titans, the Colts. Miracle finish. They win five in a row to end the year, which actually they don't play. Have they already played the Jags twice? They have played the Jags. They just lost to them. Where's their other Jag? And they beat them week three. So yeah, they've played the Jags twice. Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. If they go five straight to end the year and they go 12 and five, is he back in the MVP race? He's 20 and five. Uh, he's got to throw, say he's got to throw, yeah, he, yeah, you're right. Cause he'd have to throw like 15 I think touchdowns. I think he's also playing a lot of games at 10 a.m. Pacific time, <laughs> regional. Yeah, I think it'd be hard for him to pass both. I, I think it's borderline impossible. I think I think Dak would be the leader in the clubhouse, if assuming everyone sustains their play, given his opponents. 
you know, like Purdy couldn't even on Monday night, let's say the Niners won 25 to 15, but he only throws one touchdown. Like his margin for error, do you have do you agree is smaller than Dax? I do agree. Ultimately, like also his team can just win big games without him throwing for 300 yards. Dak's team can't. No. Or won't. Well, like 27 million people watch uh what's it called? Niners, Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. How many people are watching Sunday night? 35? Eagles, Cowboys, yeah. How many people probably, are watching Christmas? Niners, Ravens. I'm in a lot. I would imagine more people watch. Again, I don't know what the all these people at their house impacts the MVP. I'm just saying. No, I know. It's 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 I would guess that it's the highest rated Sunday game of the year so far this season. And the Niners play. I mean, they're right there. But there's just Cowboy, like it or not. I mean, there's a reason all their fucking guys are on television. They're like, you know, they're like in control of the league. And they don't even win. I mean, they, they do win regular season games. They win Jerry, enough to be I relevant. Do think, I don't think Jerry gets enough. Can you imagine if Jed was the equivalent to Jerry, like Jed was like part of the personnel group and the Niners were just always viewed as like one of the great drafting teams of all time. Like the Cowboys just put together sweet rosters a lot. Yeah, I know, but it also feels like Jerry's might be what holds them back in a weird way too. Right. Uh, but I'm just talking about from a team building. Like what if Jed like Jerry, the GM. Had hands on this, if yeah, Jerry like, was not the owner and was just the general manager of the Cowboys for the last 40 years, Hall of yeah. Fame GM. Oh my God. Yeah. I just I, now is Jerry watching like Deron Bland? Like he's actually not. He's not a GM that way. He's really just entitled for his ego. How much film is? Remember Jerry was like, yeah, I was told uh, Trey played really well against uh, the Bears. Remember he said that? He's like he was great against the Bears in some crazy weather. I was like Jerry, you didn't fucking watch one snap of that game. Good against the Bears. Jerry, turn on the film. Does Jerry even have a clicker in his office? No. I mean, truly. No, no chance. Uh, John, few super chats here. Gammon says, as a fellow bald man, your headgear game is inspiring, giving us confidence. I'm ready for uh, the world and all other and all of these long haired, slick daddies. Purdy isn't going to sign a team friendly deal, nor should he. He's already the NFL's most team friendly four year deal. And here is uh, 10 of. I don't know, whatever our our ten our dollar sign 10 is. I don't know what. What that is, uh, what currency that is. You know what's funny? Says Jonas, uh, same people bashing Purdy this year compared to Mac Jones, Baker are coming around, but never talk about their earlier comparisons. It's two bucks. Oh, he said it in the thing because he knew I was going to go, how much money is this? Two, two bucks. Uh, so there you go. That's what 10R is. Rupees? 10 rupees? All right, 10 rupees. Somebody asked a question on here. They said, are the Niners going to draft Chubba Purdy? Like uh, Brock's you know, younger brother. You know how the box or the box is it Chuba or that? Chuba? I call him Chuba, Chuba. Okay. I, don't, okay, I don't know. Yeah. You know how the Bucks always has like uh, Giannis's brother from Greece, who's just, I don't even know what he's doing. It was just they uh, put him on like the G League team too, though. If you told me, you know, saves you a couple million to build the squad, you got to do what you got to do. Well, that's in the contract negotiation, right? Didn't you say he threw one of the worst picks you'd ever seen against Iowa? He he did not have a great game. Yeah, it was it was a it was a bad late game interception. Um, Iowa also threw a bad late game interception. Iowa's quarterback looks like he's Roethlisberger in costume, big guy. But uh, must yeah, not, not be very good because they don't score many points. <laughs> no, they don't. 
one of the most maligned nine and three conference championship participants. I don't know. I haven't looked at their ten and two. Oh, ten and two, not ten. And, they, they were ten and two. Oh, going. so they had a chance to get to eleven and two. All right, so they got a chance to go win eleven games this year. <laughs> yes, fired their OC during the season, but let him finish out the season. I think that I just saw the DC it was the Broyles Award. Whoever the best assistant yeah. coach, like they had like one of the best defenses in the country. Yeah, their their defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, deserves it. They, they, honestly, they, they feel like for the last five or six years, like a Brock Purdy away from fucking being a national championship contender. They just can't. A lot of CJ Beathers. You're a long. There's a long gap between whatever and you know finding a franchise quarterback. You know. But in fairness to Chuba Purdy or Chuba Purdy, I think it is Chuba. The more we say it, McCaffrey has a lot of brothers who aren't any good. Like, listen, most families aren't Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey or Eli and Peyton, right? If you if you get four kids playing Division One football, one becomes an NFL star. It's pretty pretty playing quarterback in Nebraska is short. Yeah, that's impressive. Well, less impressive now than maybe 1997, but still, it was impressive feat. I couldn't do it. Yeah, he's no Eric Crouch or Tommy Frazier, but. Scott Frost. I love it when like this a starting quarterback. Well, Scott Frost like, switches safety. Everyone knows like Cam Ward's getting paid, but like a guy that's just had a like his team just went eleven and one. People thought he was good. Like Ohio State's quarterback is transferring. It's like yeah, he was clearly told you ain't. We don't want you back, buddy. Yeah, Dylan or the Gabriel. money or the money stopping. Dylan Gabriel in the portal, Oklahoma. People, it looks like the reports are Oregon. Did you see the Tyrus Thompson? Is that his name? Ty Thompson. Whoever there, you remember that five star, like mm-hmm. there, Devontae Moore yeah. tweeted a picture of like two years ago at like the conference championship game or some bad loss. Just like, I'm waiting for my time. I, it's like, I would transfer, buddy, because you're well, posted but, an old photo, but he said, I'm waiting for my time just or recently. something, I, something like that, like from 01. He's been there now a couple of years, right? Uh, yeah, this is at least his, uh, I think he just finished his third year. He was there with Joe Moorhead and Anthony Brown. So yeah, he this is he just finished. He's going into his senior year. I go back and forth. Like it, it would piss me off if I was like a diehard Oregon fan. Like I would like just hit on a freshman that we get for three years, right? But it's like I, it's hard for me to blame the coaches for just like ah, Dylan Gabriel's more than likely going to be better than any you know eighteen year old that we're going to get. I think I they think, just I'm got sure Oklahoma just had like the second best offense in the country, right? Yeah, I I think. Uh... I think they have a commitment from one of the top quarterbacks in the country too, Oregon. But here's the thing. If in like a year, okay, it's cool. What if they're like, eh, this guy's not as good as we think. We're just going to get the next Bo Nix. We'll just right. keep – like Oregon might do this for like 10 straight years. Yeah. Ideally, you can do it for – it's got to be – ideally, it's a two-year guy, right? It's just – it's about to get harder with your COVID guys kind of phasing out of college football. Right. Well, because Dylan Gabriel is a transfer. Now he's a grad transfer. Like how many – Dylan Gabriel many? went to UCF. He enrolled – at UCLA, for like 18 days, he was on campus. Then DTR came back, so he went to Oklahoma, and now he's going to go somewhere else. Well, the guy, Oregon. more kid, the UCLA five-star, was he's transferred. Bortle. Do you think, is that one of those that they clearly realize he's not good enough? Or he might be like, hey, you know what, I want to go to Michigan. Go, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go to Michigan State. Well, here's the problem. You're a five-star guy like him and you are forced to play, and you're not good, let's face it, his value right today is not as strong as it was a year ago. Right. 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 How could it be? Wasn't he? Didn't he throw like four straight games, pick sixes? Yeah, didn't didn't look great. Was putting some I tough won't. spots, like on the road Utah, on the road uh, the Oregon State, I think. I mean, it was 
played some tough games. But I wanted to like him because he's sure. clearly pretty good athlete, strong arm. He's not very good. Should have just gone with Garbers the whole time. Raiders backup quarterback. Uh, I saw the chase, Ethan. I, I saw chase. Somebody tweeted Raiders. chase like, bring him back as the QB coach, and he's like, call me. He like tweet like, call me. Uh, you saw Dan Raiders Hawkins anymore. retired at UC Davis. Yeah. Um, they, who they just hired the cow guy that Tim was a Plow, UC Davis yeah. guy. Uh, I'm trying to think of other. Yeah, there's a bunch of dudes in the portal. Um, a lot of quarterbacks. Everybody's in the portal. Riley Leonard. I think they said he's going to go to. People think he's going to go to Notre Dame. The Duke quarterback. Cam Ward. Cam Ward. Yep. I mean, I, I mean, I would say that he was rumored Ohio State, and then the Ohio State quarterback goes in the portal. Does that have? Yeah, that feels connected. But if you're Cam Ward, you go to Ohio State, you'd have a chance to. I text a couple of people. I'm like, what round do you have them in right now? They're like, you know, probably earliest, late third. But with some of these quarterbacks missing consistently, he's probably more of a fourth or fifth guy. But you go to Ohio State and he is awesome next year. You could fucking vault up. I mean, everyone's his talent is first. He's got first round talent. I think arm strength and athleticism, but it just hasn't. He hasn't played well consistently. I hope he goes to Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome, I think. Uh, if, if Oregon fills their spot. DJU's in the portal. Well, USC USC doesn't have a quarterback, right? Well, they they yeah, I mean, they have like the last year's top, you know, like the commitment from one of the top guys in the country, Malachi Nelson, but. I mean, he. I, I would say that Lincoln, he'd get, I did get Caleb as a freshman. That worked out. So maybe he feels good about his ability to like, if he really likes one of these young guys, he'll just play him. Yeah. Could be pretty pretty difficult. First year in the Big Ten. Yeah, that would be hard. But your defense better get better fast. I saw Anthony Lynn's kid was like, "Yeah, we I just uh, I watched a little bit of our tape. I don't think we're that far away." I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if we watch the same team then, buddy." (laughs) I would say we're definitely far away, and then you get so much. Cam Rising's coming back. Yep, at Utah. How about that one? Chip had an incredible line on him. Did you see? Like, uh, no. We tried to keep him, but clearly we weren't in the same ballpark. Oh, I did see that line. I thought you meant about Cam, yeah. How does this guy just get to take subtle shots at everybody, even though that's factual? Like, give me a break. I'm so tired of that guy. (laughs) Even though what he's saying is correct. Yeah, and and I wanted to keep him. We didn't have the money. And it's kind of, you know. Well, Chip, you're the only guy in the program making any cash. Fortunately, coaches can't use their money for NIL. Heartbreaking. Well, like Chip, you could have gave. You want to keep this guy? I'm like, you're making seven. I'd be million in favor. Dollars. That would be a rule change. I'd be fired up about John. Coaches' salaries, they are eligible to donate to their own NIL collective. Then you Jim find Harbaugh, out how bad they want to win. Jim Harbaugh said he'd gladly do it. I, I then you find out real quick how bad you want to win. It's an easy one to say because you know it's not allowed. Yeah, it will. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, all right, tip your cap once. We coming. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Adios. I see Dion a lot of places that aren't. This thing hasn't hung up yet, I don't think. It's still going. We're still on. Dion. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.